today, More Than Enough, part three. Amen. So if you haven't yet, uh, make sure you go online. You can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or YouTube. Uh, the other two will be on there. So if you need to get caught up or you haven't been here for a few weeks, jump in there. But uh, today, uh, we're in part three. Next week is our last one. Come. It's going to be important. You don't want to miss it. But do you take care of your stuff? Anybody take care of their stuff? Anybody like, sometimes I don't take care of my stuff? Come on. That's all of us, right? Sometimes, listen, there's one shirt that I've been taking care of for 23 years. Does anybody have one of those in their closet? 2001, the turn of the century, when I was in, uh, uh, let's see, 10th grade, I bought a t-shirt that said Texas on it. Yes, I'm from Canada, but that's, we have all American stuff, so I'm like, I'm from Texas now. And guess what? I looked in my closet, and it is still in there. The other day, I put it on. It had like 10 holes in it. I'm not talking about taking care of stuff like that. That's called a hoarder. I'm saying like, when it breaks, do you fix it? When it rips, do you mend it? When it gets moldy, do you Clorox it? When it's dirty, do you clean it? When you get paid, do you pay your bills? Do you take care of things, or do you just, th- like, oh, I'll just get a new one, right? We live in the richest uh, country on planet Earth. We're like, ah, eh, I'll just get a new one. They've actually made things now where it's like, well, it's cheaper just to throw it out. But do we need to be like our culture? No, God has given us things to take care of. Do you have pets that you take care of? Some of you are like, some of them have more uh, cushy lives than other than people, uh, than people. Yeah, <laughs> but are we good stewards of our resources? I believe if you want God to do more than enough in your life, we need to be good stewards of what He's already given us. Amen. This morning I went on a little uh, drive through Frostproof. And I drove up to the back side, which is, was the front door of our church just six years ago. And it looks a lot different than this place. But you know what? When we were there at that church, we took care of it. We made it better. We painted the walls. We cleaned. Why? Because that's what God gave us for that moment. What is God entrusting you in your life Maybe it's children at this point in your life. Maybe it's grandchildren or stuff or a house or a car. But are you being a good steward of what you have? And if so, I believe that God will bless you with more. Not so you're like, oh, I'm blessed because, no, because God sees what you're doing. He said, okay, they can take care of this. They'll be able to take care of this when they get this. Amen? Stewardship is not just about money. It's really about every part of our our lives. In the dictionary, it said the position and duty of a steward, a person who acts as the surrogate of another or others, especially by managing property, financial affairs, and an estate. The second part is the responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for and preserving. Are you a good steward of what God has put in your life? That's a good question, isn't it? And did you know that today 
everything is God's, right? These scientists went to God and had a conversation and were like, God, we don't need you anymore. We have AI. We can create humans. We can do your job. You don't need to do it anymore. We can create humans. And God sits back and says, really? They said, oh, yeah. God said, okay, show me. Knowing the Old Testament, these scientists took some uh, uh, grabbed dirt in their hands. If you've read, right, Genesis, they grabbed dirt in their hands. And God says, well, wait a second. That's mine. You get your own. Did you know that everything is God's? He created all of it. You are here because the Lord created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb, and what you have is his. And he's calling us to be good stewards of what he's given us. So I want to read to you 15 verses, and this really sets up the message today. So if you want to open up your Bible, or you can look on the screen, Matthew 25, verses 14 and on. And then there is a way, uh, if you're getting ready, there is a way on the back of your bulletin to take notes. I think you're going to want to take notes. You're going to want to remember this one. Again, verse 14, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated, and this is Jesus, by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Verse 15, he gave five bags of silver to one. Two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. Verse 17. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Do you know that in 2000, in the year 2000, if you put $5,000 in your backyard and you brought it out today, because of inflation, you'd, you, you would lose $2,700. It would be worth $2,700 less in today's money. So he, he dug a hole, put it in the backyard. Verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from the trip and called them to give an account on how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done. My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 22, the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver and, uh, to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't 
plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least it could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant, give it to the one in the, with the ten bags of silver. To those use well and what they are given, even more will be given. They will have an abundance, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Let's pray together today. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that you've called us to be servants and called us to be stewards. Speak to your church today. Give us wisdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said, that's quite a story, isn't it? Do you know that God has placed things in your hand, and he, in his awesome math, kingdom math, he wants it to multiply. And it's not just finances. Everything you do should be multiplying as a believer. If you showed up in New Hope six years ago, you would meet us somewhere else. But guess what? We have multiplied since then. A healthy church should be growing continuously month after month, year after year, decade after decade. When you come back, if you go away for eight years, when you come back to New Hope, we should be having two, at least two services or four services or a new building, right? Because we should be multiplying in God's kingdom. The math is there. God's kingdom math is there. Are we being good stewards of what he has placed in our hands? And if we are, guess what? It will multiply because he owns everything. And he says, here's a little bit. And, oh, you did well? All right, let's give you some more. So I want to talk about four principles for you today. You can write these down. The first one is the principle of ownership. Are you happy that you know who the owner is today? That some, some people in the world are confused? Do you know that God owns everything? Some of you are like, no, no, I bought my house. No, 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 I bought my car. You still have, you still have payments. Come on now. But you know, God owns it because guess what? He created you. He created all of it, all of it. And we, when we can understand the principle of ownership, the psalmist in Psalm 24 says this. I don't have it up here, but it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Aren't you glad we serve a gracious king who allows us to use what he owns? Amen? Man, I remember people showing up um, at New Hope, and that's our personality here. Come on in and use it. This is not ours. It's his, and it's free to use. And we've done that for funerals and events and all sorts of things. And guess what usually happens at the end? Well, we need to pay you. Okay, that would be great if you want to. That, that'll help us. Sure. And they'll just they'll hand us a check, more than a probably I would have charged. But guess what? It's God's. And we need to be good stewards of it. In the beginning of Genesis, God creates everything and puts Adam in the garden to work it and to take care of it. 
It's, it's obvious that man was created to work, even more so after the fall. You remember what God said to the man? You will work and you will sweat in the dirt. And guess what? Thousands of years later, we're still doing it. You're like, well, I don't live, work with physical dirt. Well, I'm sure there's people at your place of work that, you, that have, you're difficult working with. But the fundamental principle is this biblical stewardship. God owns everything. We are simply managers and administrators acting on his behalf. Stewardship expresses our obedience regarding the administration of everything God placed under our control, which is all-encompassing. Listen to this one. Stewardship is the commitment of our possessions to God's service. God can use all of it to grow his kingdom and grow you. Anybody want to grow? Well, just a couple of you. <laughs> Stewardship is the commitment of our possession, our possessions to God's services. Recognizing that we don't have the right of control over our property or ourselves. God owns it. We are managers. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to read another long scripture for you today. Is that all right? Can we handle the Bible today? We're at church. Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8, 7 and on. It says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, flowing streams and pools of water. Now, he was talking to the Israelites, right, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and the hills. This sounds like Israel, doesn't it? It sounds like America, doesn't it? It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, of olive oil, honey, orange groves. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. And it's a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is in abundance, in abundance in the hills. Where you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that in the time to be careful. That, but that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commandments, regulations, decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Verse 14. Do not become proud at the time and forget that the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Can we pause there for a minute? Do you know that God has rescued you, res rescued you? from slavery to sin. And a lot of times we forget it. And you're like, oh, I'm just doing all this on my own. I've got this, God. Don't 
forget. Verse 15, do not forget that he held you through the great and terrifying wilderness with, his, with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He's reminding the Israelites, will it remind you today of how blessed you are? Verse 16, he fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Verse 18, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. That's a long scripture. You know what God's saying? Don't forget who owns it all. Don't forget who provides it all. Don't forget the blessings in the past. Don't think that you did this on your own. Don't think that you are at where you're at because of you. Guess what? You are where you are. You have what you have because God owns it all. And he says, here, I will allow you to take care of some of it for me. And you know what I've noticed with people take really good care of it? Imagine I have a jar up here today, and I have all sorts of money in it, okay? Just a jar full of cash, and I just put the lid on it, screw it on there, and I leave it in my room or wherever for a very long time. Is that money going to grow? With inflation, guess what? It's not going to be worth as much. Right? Even like the story says, if you were to just put it in a high-yield savings account, it would at least make 4%, 5%. But God is saying, would you open up the jar? Would you take care of it? Would you bless people with it? And then guess what? God has all the jars. So when that jar of yours gets empty, you'd be like, okay, brand new jar. Do it again. Oh, you used it all? Brand new jar. You took care of it? Brand new jar. Isn't that amazing? That's how God calls us to be his stewards. So we got the principle of ownership. Guess what, church? God owns it all. Number two, the principle of a responsible manager. Everybody say manager. Say manager again. You guys... You ladies are managers in God's kingdom. If you believe the Lord, if you follow him, if you've made him Lord of your life, guess what? You're managers, you're stewards of God's stuff. It's pretty awesome, right? You know, if you, uh, if you research the king of, now the king of England, they have all sorts of things. And they have all sorts of jobs uh, in their kingdom. Like there's a person who takes after, who looks after the geese. Yep, there's a person who looks after the fine china. There's a person who looks after the jewels. There's a person who looks after the carpet. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. But guess what? In God's kingdom, 
He entrusts us to be his managers over everything. Over everything. Although God gives us all things richly to enjoy, nothing is really ours. It's all his. God owns everything. And we're responsible to take care of it. Owners have rights. Stewards have responsibilities. We're all called as God's stewards to manage which everything that belongs to him. And God graciously gives it to us. Now, I don't think my sister is watching, but I'm going to tell a story about her today. My sister's name is April. She was born in April, thus the name. My parents were very creative. I was born in October. I'm not sure what happened to me. But she had a 1988 Toyota something. I don't remember what it was. That was a really cool car. She bought it from friends of ours. And um, it was her very first car. And she drove that thing all over New Brunswick. And one day, my dad gets a call. And I'm saying it's a 1988 Toyota. It's now like 1998 and beyond. Back then, that was old, right? Especially in New Brunswick where everything rusts in a week in the wintertime. So she's, she calls my dad. The car broke down. Well, what happened to it? The guy said, I didn't put oil in it. It's a very hard lesson to learn, isn't it? And those of you that don't know about mechanics and all these things, you need oil in the car for the car to go. And if not, you pretty much ruined the engine. We need to be responsible managers or the car won't go anywhere. I can guarantee you my sister has not done that again. Actually, I know in fact that has never happened to her again. And you know what? If we mess something up like that in God's kingdom, you know what? He'll give us another chance. Maybe three chances, right? David was saying I did that a couple times. And then this is what happens, Matthew 25, 23, look at this. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And when we're taking care of God's things, that's what he does. We'll celebrate together. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about, like, um, we should give what God's called us to give, right? And if you saw that story, they all had a proportionate thing that they had. But guess what? All of them were good. I don't know about you, but I would love to have one silver coin or two or five, right? We all have these proportionate things that God has given us. We all have something, don't we? I believe that every person in this room has something to give. It might be your time. It might be your energy. It might be service to somebody. It might be a hug. It might be a bottle of water. It might be a tin of cookies. You have something to offer, something to give. You think of this story of the, the little boy. Remember the little boy? 
five barley loaves and two fish. He took it for his lunch. That was his lunch. They were going out to see Jesus. They were all out in the middle of nowhere, and there was no town for them to go buy more food. There was 5,000 men plus women and children. There was fifteen to 20,000 people there. And this little boy comes up and says, here. And look what God does with what has he had in his hands. He gave everything and blessed thousands and thousands of people. If you don't know the story, Jesus multiplied it. He did God math. Five plus two equals what? 5,000, remainder 12, 12 baskets left over. That's God's kingdom math. When we say, God, here's my little thing I have. Here's what I have. Will you work with it? Will you do something with it? Guess what? He'll blow your mind. It's like, I don't know, Pastor Landon. I, I, I'm just going to hold on to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And you know what I've noticed with people who do this? There's no way to put anything in their hand. They can't give anything, and there's no way to put anything in their hand. But what if we were believers who said, I'm going to open up my hand, and I'm going to freely give, and I'm going to freely receive what God has in store for me. And I know of church uh, family um, that when we went through the hurricane, Hurricane Irma, we were supposed to move into here, but we had this big hurricane. And we were without power in Frostproof for at least 10 days, maybe 12. We were downtown. We couldn't have church. So we were just like, you know what? Let's open up the new building. It was just concrete. And people just started giving New Hope Church all this stuff to give out water and food and diapers and all sorts of stuff. So we opened the doors. And then this church family that I know, they called me up and said, hey, how many Sundays did you miss? So that's an interesting question to ask. I said, well, we didn't really meet together for two Sundays, but we've, we've been doing outreach. We've been, we've been doing what we should be doing. We just haven't had power, so we can't really have church officially because people need the bathrooms. You know, you know what it is. So then they said, well, can you calculate what the normal tithe and offering would be on those two Sundays? Like, just take your average and times it by two. I said, okay. So I emailed him. He's like, okay, what's your, what's your church's banking information? I said, oh, this is getting good. So I sent that over as quickly as possible. And this church blessed us above what I told them, of what we missed, and freely gave because their church isn't like this. Their church is like this. You know in the last seven years, that church has grown from two locations to 11 locations in the Sarasota area? Like... Because guess what? That church isn't like this. It's like this. What about you? 
Are you like this? Are you like this? Let's manage what God has given us well. Amen. Look what God can do when our hands are open to him. Number three, the principle of accountability. Everybody say accountability. I don't like this one. What do you mean? What do you mean? Accountability. You know that one day each of us will account for what we have done and we will account for what we should have done. And there will be that day. We talked about it back in, I think, October, November at our end series. That believers will be taken up and we will walk through and we will account for the things we've done and the things that we should have done. And this is taught in the parable we just read about. Look what it says here in Matthew 25, 19. The principle of accountability. After a long time... Their master returned from his trip and called them to give account of how they had used his money. On that day, God will say, hey, I've given you life. I've given you the Holy Spirit. I've given you things. What have you done with them? I put them in a jar in the backyard. I've freely given. I've blessed other people. I even tithed. I gave. Remember, tithing and giving are two different things. I gave. I did this. I did that. We will be accountable for what we've done and what God called us to do that we didn't do. Like the servants in the parable of attendance, in the parable of the talents, will we be called to give an account? We will be called to give an account, just like that parable, with our money, with our abilities, with the information we have, with the wisdom God has given us, with our finances, with our relationships, even with our bodies. Are we taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit? We will have accountability for those things. and We will give an account just like those servants did. And then the last one. Everybody ready for the last one? I like this one. The, pr- the principle of reward. Everybody say reward. Remember when you were a kid and your parents were like, if you do this, you'll get a cookie. Yes. That's when you first started understanding what this all meant, right? Hey, listen, you, you want to watch that show? You got to go clean your room. Right? If you want to do this, you should do this. In Colossians 3, 23 and 24, Paul writes this. Whatever you do, work at it with your heart, with all your heart, as working for the Lord. Do not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a what? That was only half of you. Let's try that again. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a it is the Lord Christ Jesus you are serving. What if every day when we got up in the morning, we said, God, today, I'm, this is your day. I'm going to give it all because of you. 
because you own it all. I'm going to give account for it all, but you're going to give a reward for it all as well. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he what? Those who earnestly seek him. The Bible shows us in this parable of the kingdom that faithful stewards who do the master's will with the master's resources can expect to be rewarded in this life and in eternity. Amen? And so today, that's my question for you. Are you taking care of what God's given you? Whether it be finances, a job, a house, a car, children, your physical body, an awesome church to be part of. What, what God has placed in your hand, are you like, or are you saying, I want to freely give? Because when I have an open hand, one, I can give with that open hand. And I can also receive with that open hand as well. Stewardship should be one of our top priorities as believers. And you know what? I'm not going to tell you how to do any of it. I'm just going to say, would you ask God, Lord, am I stewarding well? Do I need work with it? Or, am I ha or have I been getting an F on this job? And you know what? God will speak to you. Can we stand today before we go? Just close your eyes just for a moment. Would you ask God that question today? Lord, am I stewarding well? Do I need some work or am I getting an F? And you know what? He will speak to you today and he will start pinpointing places in your life saying, if you would just open your hand in this area. The Bible says, I will pour out from heaven, and you will not have enough space or room to take in what I'm going to do. New Hope Church, we will not have enough space. We will not have enough chairs for the amount of people that are going to show up at New Hope Church. If all of us would say, stop doing this and say, I'm going to open up my hands because when I open up my hands, I can give and I can receive. Can you take, take a moment, bow your heads, close your eyes just for a moment, and speak to the Lord.